Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, guys, welcome back to the Canon Podcast and let's recover. Recover after last night's travesty. Uh, last minute dagger from Porto. And as Arsenal fans... Or a concert let's, let's, for some let's people, give... right? Right, Babs? Some people yeah, look, I, I, went to, I, I went out after. I, 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 went song. Out, you know, I did a Marcus Rashford. I'm sorry, lads. <laughs> but <laughs> listen, apart from my personal life, right? Let's, let's talk about Arsenal for a second. Let's give some therapy to the fans mm. because I feel like, especially with the reaction I've seen, especially on X... There's a lot of people that are emotional. They're they're judging it, you know, illogically, and it's over. I think us three we like to keep it logical at times, sometimes. So apart from celebrating a six and five victory, let's actually break down a one 0 defeat because I think we learned quite a lot from this game. And I think first things first, how do you guys feel right now? The day after the game, so soon after, how how, how do you feel right now? Let's go to George first. I, I'm more than fine about like the projection of the team. I I, I think the one the one thing is I'm still like I'm annoyed at the night and how the performance went. But beyond that, I'm not capping the team's potential. I'm not worried about our objectives this season. I'm not worried about this season derailing in any aspect. It was, it was a it was a trough of on the night. It was a, it was a night where across the board, I didn't feel that we performed well. But that's as far as the criticism went for me. And, you know, when I'm waking up, I'm here ready to talk solutions, ready to talk how we can overcome this. And uh, we can overcome it. And I'm not worried about us doing that. But I did see online and, you know, I'm not sure if the fans and our fan base in general right now are ready to uh, support a title challenge in, 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 in general. Because I do think that there are far too many swings in either the positive or the negative sense in terms of capping the team's potential. And fundamentally, no game. I don't care if you're Manchester City, treble winning Manchester City, you're going to have an off day in <laughs> during a season. You're going to do it. Now, I think it's, it's rude or even just disingenuous not to acknowledge that Arsenal and Europe have been poor, even under Arteta. So it isn't just a one-night thing. I think a lot of people's PTSD, fear, whatever you want to call it, does stem from the fact that the history of Arteta, at least, and Arteta's arsenal hasn't been good in Europe. And so I understand that anxiety to a certain extent. But I've never understood the next jump, which is capping the team's potential and not winning major trophies, unlikely to win major trophies very, very soon. That's where I start to stray. So I start to sympathize with the anxiety where I'm like, okay, I understand and I hear you because it's true we don't have a great European record as a club. We don't have a great European record with Mikel Arteta. And we don't have a great European record, by the way, with home ties under Mikel Arteta. I don't think we've won one in his time. 
So there's definitely like data points that we could say, okay, I understand the anxiety for it. But at the same token, I feel as though that the arsenal that we saw at Porto has not been the arsenal that we've seen all season, has not been the arsenal that we've seen since Dubai. And so for me, there's definitely credit in the bank for the team to perform better. And I I, th I can't wait to get into the individual performances, the tactics and how we can fix things because there's a lot of things we could fix and there's a lot of things that we didn't do that were basics for me. Uh, mm -hmm. So in that sense, I'm happy because it wasn't a fine margin that I could say, listen, the team did their best, but they're ultimately not up to the quality. That's a very different argument for me than what uh, we would be having uh, against Porto. So yeah, hopeful, annoyed on the night, but that's about it. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I understand that. I think, but to understand what we need to fix, we have to go for what went wrong in the first place. And that's where we're going to go to Mr. Money Penny. Alex, talk to me. Talk to me about what, having seen that performance and now given a bit more time, what do you think actually went wrong in the game? Was it a matter that our attack wasn't brave enough? Was it the fact that we were a bit trying to be a bit too professional and trying to just get a little result? And maybe was it that pass from Martinelli that a lot of people criticised since for that little risky pass he tried to make, which could have worked out pretty well, didn't quite work out, and then bang, out of nowhere, got hit by a dagger. Yeah. I think in these situations, this is... This is the only thing that matters. Trying to understand what the actual problem is. And this is why I always say... Win. Get them all out. Edu, Tim Lewis. You know, I think, you know, of course, the, the problem is, is like whenever these, you know, and let's be clear, we're all so emotionally invested in this team. It's painful when we lose. It's pa And I get it. So I'm not in, a, in no way suggesting that it's, you know, it's 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 something you know. Oh, just get over it, whatever. That there is a concern here. There's a problem here. But let's try and figure out what the problem is. So this is always the question. So I'm glad you've asked it. Um, look, I I would echo a lot of what George said in terms of the direction of the team. We we know there's no problem. You know, we had people sort of uh, last night when we did the instant reaction saying, oh, you know, we're never going to win anything, all this sort of stuff. I stand by everything we've said. You know, absolutely everything. It's just you know in these European campaigns, and I think we'll come on to this later we're going to have evenings like this. And for me, it's always about looking at the patterns. Always look at the patterns. What are the repeated issues? Those are the things that are always at the top of my priority list. Have we this season, or let's say, let's just use, you know, since sort of November, December time, recent Arsenal, let's say since we sort of turned that corner in Dubai, have we really, really struggled to create loads of big chances? Not really. Have we massively underperformed in attacking sense? Not really. It was a bit of a one-off. Have we massively got the approach wrong to the game, which when we talk specifically about the game, I'd like to say, um, and I think we got the approach wrong, I would say. I think both the players and and the staff got the approach wrong last night. We haven't really. That is was the issue on the night, but it hasn't been an issue sort of long-term. So I'm feeling very, I think, I always use this word, and I'm still not sure what it means. I think I'm feeling circumspect. Circumspect, is that a feeling? Just basically you feeling- just made a word up. I'm just made a word up, probably. Um, just, yeah, I'm feeling a lot calmer than I was last night. I was annoyed after the game. It's really understandable. The one thing I will say, and I know I bang on about this all the time, but, you know, you young fans, Bavs, you kids, um, you know, and I'm joking. <laughs> We're literally like, I'm like two years older than you. The, the, um, there is a tendency to think that online opinion represents all opinion, and it just doesn't. Someone shouting the loudest on X looking for attention isn't necessarily representative of the millions and millions of Arsenal fans who normally do understand that this these sorts of things happen. So I want to talk about the approach. I want to talk about what we did get wrong. That was the issue. But really, for me, 
there, there's no pattern here. There's no there's no big thing where I'm going. There's a couple of things like the Martinelli isolation, which I think we'll come to, and a couple of things that have been a the story of the season. But last night, really to me. Felt like a bit of a one-off, felt like a round of 16, felt like a bit of nerves, felt like the first time we were in that European competition with this new, you know, in, in, certainly in this European competition, the Champions League under Arteta. Let's just give it some time. It's a long campaign. We've got the second leg and just breathe and stop listening to idiots on the internet. It's very important you say that. Breathe. Go meditate, <laughs> lads. Go for a walk. It's calm. Mikhail it's meditates. So. I think it, look, meditation is very powerful for that as well. But I think forgetting about all that type of stuff for now, I think just talking about the performance itself and where it specifically went wrong, you know. I want to focus on that moment, George, where I think everyone's talking about right now, the scrutiny for Gabriel Martinelli. Now, we'll mm -hmm. talk about his isolation as well. But more importantly, that pass. I think I saw a quote from Thierry Henry talk about the fact that if it works and it, and it goes through, we're in. It's like a 3v2. And the fact they didn't quite work out, uh, that's the fine margins and that's what the Champions League is about. I'd actually, before I ask you the question, I, I think this actually was an experience we kind of needed mm. because if we're gonna if we're gonna get past Porto, which I still expect by the way, and we go and get Real Madrid or, or someone like that, you're gonna get daggers like this. And you're gonna have to bounce back because the game isn't over after the first leg. You're gonna have a second leg and it is still 1-0. If it was 3-1 or 2-0, different conversation. Because it's so close, we still have to get a win, which is, would have been the case anyways. If I'm we so sorry draw. to jump in because I just want to say this just before that because I know George won't say this. <laughs> if your entire analysis, and George won't be this because he's too smart, if your entire analysis swings on this Martinelli moment of the entire there, evening, there you go. can I suggest that you're not analysing the game properly? Can I just suggest that? But I think that's that's very, it's, a, it's an emotional thing because of last minute goals just bring out the worst people. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I sat there and was like... <sighs> But I wasn't. I, I, I kind of. I was it's, expecting something to happen at one point because it's the Champions it, League. But I think a lot of fans didn't expect it. That's what it was. It was like that surprise. Of, oh my god, the reaffirmation of my team's been poor all game. Bang. The, the emotion is understandable, and you know because we talk about it, over celebrating all that. You know, football is emotions. But when you come to analysing the game, if you're here, to, if that's what you're trying to, if you're just annoyed about it, that's fine. But if you're analysing the game, and that's what swings it, that's my concern. Yeah, and I think what's what's important. Sorry, George, but just to add in the last second as well is, I feel like the team isn't as emotional. That's one thing I will say, is every time we've lost a game this year, the quotes from Declan Rice or whoever speaks is always like, we'll go again next game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's no team talks, huddles in the middle of the pitch and there's no like, everyone's, oh, they're, they're calm, they understand it. And we'll talk about the fans as well, <laughs> right? Well, maybe it's that as well, but we'll talk about the fans and their emotionality. But going back to Martinelli, George, that pass there, was it, was it wrong for him to try that? So we lost Porto because of it. And the entire yes. reason, yeah. uh, no, like we were- <laughs> Did we lose Porto? Porto's <laughs> yeah. still in the world, isn't it? <laughs> I, I think, um, look, at the end of the day, the whole reason that we lost that game was because we didn't do passes like that all game. Fundamentally, like the irony in talking about all this and isolating that moment is if we had more Martinelli thoughts with that, we win against Porto. And um, that's what was needed against Porto. When you talk about having a, a kind of a, a mid-block, that approaches it. And we kind of defined this on the previous plug of a tactical term about what a mid-block is, but just to review, a mid-block is essentially somebody that will operate mainly just below the halfway line and they will meet you a bit. And so that means that there are space behind the defensive line because it's not at the 18-yard box. So when you have that space, naturally it makes sense to go over top of teams. When you've got a really diligent press, a man-to-man -man press against Porto, which is something that we wanted to expect. Like I had a tweet that I sent out um, in a pre-match battle right before when the lineups came out. And, you know, what I said was Porto have a leggy man-to-man -man press. It highlights balls early over the top. Havertz will be key. 
or quick switches to an underloaded side after baiting their press. Now, that could sound a little bit fancy, but all it meant was early switches, and it meant going over the top early. Speak English. <laughs> none, of, none of those things are what Arsenal did. And I think that that Martinelli chance, that, that mentality, by the way, and I will end on this, is I think that fans isolating that speaks to the lack of maturity in them being able to handle a challenge. Because it, everything about that thought was correct. The execution can be poor. Can we work on it? Yes. Is it is it a poor action by Martinelli? Yes. But the intent to recognize the space and play the space that was the bravery that was needed all match. That was the bravery that you need in these moments if you're going to execute against the very best. Now, is Porto the very best? No. But it's that mentality to recognize the space and play the right pass. We hadn't done that all match. All match we were recycling. All match we were playing it conservative. All match we were being safe. So actually, more of what Martinelli does wins us Porto, not less of it. And, of course, you've got the consequence, so then people are going to say, well, George, isn't it better to go 0-0 at home? And I'd argue, would it be even better to go 1-0? At, at some point, you know, you have to make the right decisions, and more right decisions lead to better positive results than the opposite. And if it, and I think on a whole, in general, Martinelli and teams, by the way, and players should expect to play that pass. It is just a poor action. It doesn't mean that the intent is wrong. It doesn't mean that the space was wrong. It doesn't mean that he shouldn't have done it. All those things were very true and correct. But it was just, it was in the moment. It was a poor execution and that's it. But poor execution was happening all match. And I, and I think that we as fans just need to be a bit braver in terms of recognizing the margins that these games are going to be played at. Because you can't bemoan an action and say, well, you know what, in the future, I'd rather Martinelli not take that chance, not take that pass, not take that um, that attempt to break the lines. Because that mentality is what's going to hold you back in the big moments. You do need to, to be brave enough to find that space. And when you see it, mm. and when the space is there to, uh, to penetrate. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think the conversation around Martinelli isn't just that pass, though. Alex, we've we've seen it about the whole even before the game. I was seeing conversations about is he too isolated? We see the, the mm. little graphs where they talk talk about you know the Arsenal passing that works and Martinelli's always in the corner on his own. So do you think Martinelli is isolated on purpose, or do you reckon it's something that just happened because Havertz isn't a natural number eight? You know, there's like a like a Jaka, and we don't have a natural left back playing behind him who can overlap as well. And it's like well, Saka has a perfect environment with Odegaard and White. Martinelli's not given the same platform. Mm. Yeah, it's it's hard to say, and, and I don't think it will just be one thing. I can't imagine it's gone on for this long and it's not an instruction. And it's not a, you know, we know how diligent this coach is. You know, it's going to be a, a decision. And whenever there is a decision made, that's well, something that feels like a, a decision, I try and flip it around and go, okay, well, that's been made. So then let's try and find the reasons for it rather than, you know, why isn't it working, whatever. Why is it happening? Well, I think you can look at Martinelli's qualities and say, what what do you think Mikel sees in him? He sees someone who can stretch lines, which I think he probably likes, and so probably that will that will uh, help with his uh, well help or maybe hinder whichever way you look at it. The isolation issue cause the isolation issue. He's going to be spending a lot more time sort of running in behind on the last line than Saka might be. Um, I think he likes the fact that he can run in those channels in between the centre back and the and the full back on the left hand side. Um, I think he. You know, he he must, you know, at the moment, not be too bothered about this tendency we have to go to the right-hand side. Look, Saka's the, Saka has the most progressive passes received in the Premier League by about 100. 
it's like it's it's not even close. I think Martin Early's actually second, by the way, but but he's like it's by a, a huge huge distance. Last time I checked on, on FB Ref, so there must be an acceptance that in the dynamics of this team, we don't mind going right to 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 go left. Now, as George was mentioning earlier, the problem is when you don't go that go there quick enough, and then you leave Martin Early isolated. I think the isolation when we see these on this sort of average position map, so we see this on the 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 graphs that, that always go around but you know you see the whole team sort of together and then Martinelli's out here that's because Martinelli is holding width on that side that you know again if Martinelli's holding width and Saka's holding width but the ball's over here Martinelli has to stay out on that left hand side there's you know he's not going to come inside and collapse in because then that collapses the whole defense in so I think there's a number of reasons the habits thing I don't know again yeah could could we connect them up a little bit better with a with a different type of fullback would it be different probably but I think we could probably get more out of Martinelli, but honestly, I, I come back to the player. I still think he himself can recognise when to dribble, when to not a little bit better. I think he can recognise the runs in behind a bit better. I think he can be found more. Um, and we, I think George mentioned last night in the instant reaction, the switches um, uh, are a problem for Arsenal. So I think you can't put it down to one thing. But but also equally, why change it? You know, especially you know since we came back uh, from Dubai when we've won what five nil against Palace and then whatever it was and then six nil against West Ham and you know so something's working. So 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 why change it? We might see it change in the future. I don't know, but yeah, I, I it doesn't feel like massively high on my priority list. That's not the reason we lost the game last night. I think sometimes people see he wasn't amazing last night, and I won't I wouldn't say it was Martinelli's best game at all. But I saw a lot of discourse around it being like Martinelli was the problem. And I sort of go, we've been okay with that the last five games. Why is it now a problem? Especially when we know that this is a feature of this system. So for me, I don't see the Martinelli issue as as massive. If it continues and it's stopping us completely, then maybe. But I think he holds such a facilitative role, maybe more so than he did last season for, for the rest of our attack, that I'm sort of okay with losing a little bit of output because I think it brings us up elsewhere. Mm, it does, it does. But I think the reality is we've lost. And I definitely was fascinated just observing the reaction of, of people. You know, in person, it was different. I think I met a few Arsenal fans last night and they were, they were calm about it. Like, we'll go beat them as well anyways. And even on, on Instagram, I got a lot of people saying we're going to beat them. But the one platform that wasn't saying that was, of course, the X, which I spend too much time on nowadays, I think. Um, you really do. <laughs> I, I really do. I really need to, you know, get off that place. Uh, but I think more importantly, seeing that reaction though, George, I want to ask you a very important question. Do you think as Arsenal fans... As a fan base in general, I'm not trying to say X is the only Arsenal fans, but just in general, do you feel Arsenal fans are emotionally ready to go a deep run in the Champions League? Because the Champions League, you could get to the semi-finals and get hit with a dagger. You get to the final and get hit by a dagger. As fans, can we cope with it? Or is it something that, you know, it's down to the team and we just got to wait and see what the team does? Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Pod. Social Podcast Network.